0: Welcome to Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price. Brought to you by the Old Orchard Pub. There's a lead
1: pass in on Bob McDavid. Scores! 3 1 Canada! Here's the 1 2 pitch from Martinez. The 2-1 pitch. Cordero swings. Base hit. The Expos will win. The Expos will win. Cordero with a base hit
2: to win the ball game in the bottom of the ninth inning. The drought
0: is over. Drink it in, Canada World Champions. And now, here's your host, Elliot Price. Price.
1: One more and done for the Canadians pre-All-Star schedule. This will be game, and is game, 37 for Carey Price. Many Habs fans would prefer he not go to the All-Star game, rest up after a slow roll through late December and early January. Got to be fresh for the late season run and into a playoffs of which there is much hope for the flying non-Frenchman. But seriously, it's Vince Carter that turns 40 today. The Habs goaltender's in the prime of his life, if not his career. He's just 29, worn out from a heavy workload after missing almost all of last season. The extra baptism by fire of the World Cup before he even had a chance to play in some relatively softer NHL preseason games? Well, you know what? I think if he wants to go, let him go. The playing itself shouldn't be so taxing. The travel won't be anything more than a flight to somewhere hot with his wife and kid. And the body should be extra rested after all that time off last season. At 29, and a peak athlete and physical specimen, he should be just where he needs to be. And where the best in the business should be at all-star time is with the best in the business. A little extra reminder to himself and those he'll face down the line who the best really is as we head to the stretch. And when he's needed to be the best, if his team is to have any chance of doing what used to be commonplace, but that many of you have never seen. actually a double whammy there relax and uh, the band is Frankie goes to Hollywood and since the all-star game is in Los Angeles if Frankie goes to Hollywood that would be my brother not Carrie Price
3: but Frankie Price How you doing Grant I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Leafs four nothing again yesterday. Oh, double shut up No, today, already. the backups in yeah. Mackliny, so uh, he's already got one win. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Flyers, I'm already happy with the way things are going into the All Star uh, break. Oh, uh, you got to have lots of hockey. Large tonight, expectations. Oh, eh? I, I do. But what I'm saying is, they're fine. Win or lose tonight, you know, they're they're already kind of in a good spot. But it's it's weird. It's very weird to have this feeling at this point. Montreal looks good. Ottawa, t- Canadian well, teams no, right can- now.
1: Canadians don't look good not tonight I I mean
3: standings wise Vancouver just creeped in you know uh, Canadian teams right now last year you know for every team kind of failed almost all of a sudden Canadian teams are looking good all right uh, Montreal Canadiens got themselves a defenseman from Tampa Bay. Nikita Nesterov, yeah, we'll tell you more details about that later. But yeah, uh, look, not not a huge trade by nope. any means, but it's a move. And, and we were talking about this before the show, that does this mean something else? That's at this time of year, any move you make, a guy going down to the minors, a guy not in the lineup, acquiring somebody else always makes you think, well, wait, does, are they maybe shipping somebody out? Doesn't mean that it is, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't
1: arpin is already in los angeles talk about a guy getting a jump i wonder if the game was in the arctic would he hustle out there early <laughs> we'll talk to arpin coming up just after 8 30 also ryan dixon's at the game between the bruins and the penguins and he'll join us live i mean it's like is that a death march over there every game every game if julian
3: loses he's He's uh, hanging at the end of a noose. And they've been favored uh, the last two games. I don't quite understand it, but they, they were favored tonight against the Penguins. Yeah. And how are they doing? Down to nothing after one. No, that's not a good thing then. That's well, good for anybody who's not a Bruins fan. Or anybody
1: that bet the <laughs> other side. All right. Uh, very, very busy night. What a day for Canadian golfers. Are you kidding me? There's... Uh, well, oh, let me put it this way. There's at least five of them in front of
3: Tiger Woods. Okay. Well, there's a lot of people in front of Tiger, but uh, hey, five under par. Five people under par for well, Team Canada. Five under par, that would be downselling Adam Hadwin because he was better than five hundred par today. My favorite part about reading the article is Hadwin, minus six, yeah. Brad Fritsch, one behind him, yeah. and then you think the rest will be just, usually it's just footnotes, right? Yeah. This guy finished plus two. The other guy's minus four. Then there's Nick Taylor, minus three, and yeah. then minus two. So they're all just yeah. one stroke back of each other. It's pretty impressive.
1: Good day to have uh, Marika wash We haven't yeah. talked to Marika from go- Golf.com in a while. She'll join us. Very, very crowded. Very crowded tonight, crowded show. Um, And crazy, right? I mean, uh, the Leafs, are they retaking the city of Toronto, right? I mean, it's been a a march for for the Raptors and the Blue Jays have been in uh, the American League Championship Series and uh, Toronto FC was in the championship game. But there's always this underlying Leaf love. They'll always be number one, and they don't have to be number one to be number one. And if they ever end up as number one while they're number one, Look out. It's a lot of number ones. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Walker will join us from the Andrew Walker Show at uh, 590 The Fan in Toronto. And, of course, DK on football every Thursday night. Opening faceoff right around the corner with Grant Robinson. You're listening to Sportsnet Tonight. I'm Elliot Price.
0: You're listening to Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price. Tackling the latest headlines and the hottest topics, it's time for the opening faceoff with Elliot Price and Grant Robinson.
3: Surprised you mentioned it in your opener. Usually, I'll know if you know. There's some times where it's guaranteed going to be in both, but today is Vince Carter's fortieth birthday, oh, oh, uh, and that's not the biggest news by any means. But I mean, it, I will say this: it made me feel if that real was old. The biggest
1: news by any means. <laughs> we're talking a slow day.
3: Well, we we went through the summer. We we got through things. You know what? This summer was pretty good. Oh, wait, I'm, getting off, I'm getting off track here, but, uh, you know, That's it made me job. feel old, first okay. of all, I'll admit that. But when he was in Toronto, uh, I grew up watching this guy. You got to see him. He was in his prime. He got drafted here. He was here seven years, well, here in Canada for seven years and was, without a doubt, one of the most exciting players in sports uh, to me over the last 20 years. Was he the best and most exciting player for any Canadian team in any sport? Over the last 20 years, if you think about it, because I was trying to think of somebody, any sport could be Blue Jays, you could go, I mean, MLS, we're, we're not going to go there, let's be honest, but you look at hockey, you know, any player the Habs or Leafs have had, I can't think of any that have done, or or that, even Carey Price, the year he won the heart, it was pretty incredible, but Vince Carter, like, he was on a different level, do you know what I mean by that? Do you agree, do you agree with that, or do you think well, there wants to do?
1: Uh, I'd have to do a case study here. <laughs> now that you know, I, I have to uh, have a look at all the Canadian teams over the last twenty years. Uh, certainly, if you give me another five years, um, I think there'll be one. Connor McDavid yeah. or Austin Matthews might uh, barge their way in. Uh, certainly, uh, Jose Batista has been a player. Uh, yep. for the Toronto Blue He's had Jays. those big moments. 20 years. 20 years. Well, I was just
3: saying, that's yeah. an example, but I know Vince Carter has been around yeah. since about then, right? 99, yeah. so it's 18, but I wasn't going to say the last 18 years. But I thought of it. Montreal, the best player over that span is without a doubt uh Carey Price. Most exciting, maybe Subban, but uh, it's not on the same level, I don't think. Uh, but uh, Connor McDavid, I think, had, is the we example. We had Vladimir
1: Guerrero. You're giving me Guerrero? 20 no, years. Guerrero, look,
3: yeah. I'll, I'll say. Yeah. he's He's up there, and that's... Maybe the best comparison we'll get, I think. Because like you said, Blue Jays, Jose Batista was great. He had those big moments. Uh, but I still wouldn't say Vince Carter. Now, when you say Vladimir Guerrero, you talk about doing the spectacular on the regular. I don't find that's a bad comparison. I think they're both Hall of Famers when all is said and done. Uh, but when Vince Carter was here, man, how, how many times was there? It, it was almost like highlight of the night was, was a Vince Carter package. Really, it's
1: difficult because, let's face it, <clears throat> what do we have? Um, we have what, six, seven uh, National Hockey League teams? Yeah. We have one base, one and a half baseball teams, since we're going to go <laughs> yeah, 20 you years. Know, yeah, that's fair. You know, We have no National Football League teams, okay? And uh, we have one um, NBA team. So we're, we don't, it's not like nothing against Vince Carter. No, but there's not but, a bunch to pick we're, out of. We're not, uh, we, we are not blessed with the a A humongous amount
3: (laughs) of professional sports teams in this country. We need more teams. Well, look, uh, I'll say this. He did his part. I think that the Raptors being there... Look, the Grizzlies... Uh, Vancouver lost their right. team. You know, maybe Vince Carter's not. I don't know. We didn't, We never yeah, know Vince what Carter, happened. But Toronto's I mean, a different market you too. Know, but they
1: had. Uh, you look at. You look at the players that have come through Toronto and gone. Right, Tracy McGrady, Tracy McGrady, uh, Stoudemire, uh, Car- Marcus Candy. Yeah. So I mean, they they had some players. If you build one team from all the best players, at uh, Chris Bosh, Larry Derozan. Now, I mean, they've got some talent on this l- team. Who's Larry Derozan? <laughs> Okay. Anyways, there you uh, so go. so
3: you agree though that Vince Carter was uh, certainly was that... right there. I mean, uh, he was uh, Eric Carter. Come on, and, and people in the states paid attention. Yeah. That's to me where the difference was. Right, he was the guy everybody loved in basketball. And and by the way, a lot of people talk about him like he's just dunk contests. Only him and Kobe Bryant from the year when he came in uh, to the league in ninety nine to two thousand nine averaged twenty points every season. It's Pretty impressive. When you could be in Kobe's category in anything, uh, you get credit with me. Brad Marchand, uh, not suspended. I-, I thought he would be, to be honest. He wasn't. They gave him a $10,000 fine instead. Do you think that was the right decision? <laughs> I- uh, I- the ba- no, but best, honestly, you uh, saw ba-
1: the play. Best read of the day was uh, Paul Stewart, former National Hockey League referee, just ripped this guy. Um, Brad Marchand? Unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's he called him a serial slew footer. Well, he's been suspended it's, it's a, it's... once
3: for it. He's been fined and, once.
1: And Stewart's point is... It's, it's the kind of thing where it doesn't matter how fast you're going. It's something you're not ready for.
3: Hold on. Right? How fitting is this? Brad Marchand just scored shorthanded while we're talking about this. Continue, though. Yeah. Continue.
1: So it's, it's, a, it's a dastardly deed. It's a terrible thing that you did. You should be ashamed of yourself. What is you thinking? You know, is this any worse Then uh, the kid from Duke University going around tripping people. The one from Duke, you're tripping a guy on the court. What are you
3: doing? That's stupid. I don't think what he was doing was going to injure anybody. Brad Marchand, you're coming from behind. You're going full speed. To me, this is worse. You know, headshots look bad, right? I get it. But when you're trying to line a guy up on the shoulder, you have a split second to decide, and you miss three inches, and now you're on his head. I can forgive that. I know it's a worse outcome, but this, Brad Marchand knew what he was doing. It's not a hockey play. He's been fined or suspended eight times since 2011, and you've already suspended him for this. To to say, we're not going to suspend you for a slew foot, this was more a violent trip? Come on, man. Like that To me, that, that bugged me a bit. And you know what's funny about the $10,000 fine? He's still going to the All-Star game. It doesn't matter. Right. If he wins, if his team wins in the All-Star game, he makes ten times that fine. So you really showed, uh, you really showed Brad Marchand. I won't be doing any trips anymore if I'm him. Uh, so that's there. And, and when he was younger, it was okay. You're too good for this now. He's, he's, he just scored his 20th goal, that would mean. He's, he's got hot. almost 50 points. Yeah. Yeah, and he like, started off real slow. Imagine he gets suspended for three games. You're not just the pest anymore. You know? You're know you that team's best player right now. You, you stop being an you idiot. You
1: officially uh, cost your boss the rest of his job.
3: <laughs> That's true. Uh, Habs made a trade today. Yes. Uh, would have usually let off with this because it's yeah. usually big news. This, let's be honest, Nikita Nestorov, more of a depth move, yeah. but still a move. My question here has nothing to do with Nesterov or this trade necessarily. Okay. But without Mark Bergevin going out there and making a big move, I'm not talking about, we know we have to give to get, there's no question there, but I'm not talking about what. I'm saying if he doesn't pull the trigger on a big move to bring in a very significant piece, what is your confidence level on this team being able to win a Stanley Cup this season?
1: They're not better than the Penguins, they're not better than the Capitals. I don't know who else they're not better than, but that's not good enough. If... if If you feel like you're running out of time, and you feel like if I get a piece, I can contend for a Stanley Cup, then he has to do something. And I believe he's—he's trying. I understand, but he's had lesser teams. Yep, and gone out and got players. He got Petrie one year. He got Vanek another year. It won't be for lack of trying. If he doesn't come up with it, he doesn't come up with it. But I have—I don't know if I don't have confidence in this team right now to go out and win a Stanley Cup. But I have confidence in the general manager that he will give it his best to go out and get somebody. I believe he'll get someone. How good a player is out there for him to get is the question, but he'll get as
3: good a player as he can get. I agree with with where you're coming from. I know they're in first in this division, and can they? we've seen this team uh, without Radulov go pretty far in the playoffs. We've seen them make it to, you know, but to me it's it's still about, first of all, that's not a guarantee to win those. You know, you could play Toronto in the first round right now. It's not a guaranteed win. Ottawa's not Come a guaranteed on. win. You saw
1: the Penguins winning the Stanley so, Cup last year. To
3: me, go out. You have this window now. You have Kerry Price at a great, you have to make a move. And, and I think that anybody who looks at this realistically, it doesn't mean halves don't have a chance. But if you think, like you said, if, if you have a, if you think you're one step away, go, and acquire it. I don't even care if you have to I give don't know. up. They might be two steps away. I heard people say, "There's." I would never move Sergachev, no matter people what. People again. No, no. But this Are these was the well, same people the When I say people, I mean the other radio station today. Uh, the host. Only one uh, other of the show. Station. Well, yes, uh, the, but the host of the show was saying, "You know, no matter what, I would never trade Sergachev to no me. Never, never. Uh, Carrie Price is the only guy I'm not moving this uh, season. Anybody else?" If you're getting a better player, they're, do
1: it. They're giving, you, they're giving you two pieces. I mean, I understand what you're saying. But, but let's say they're giving you a defenseman and they're giving you a forward and they're taking salary off your hands. And you're giving them a first-round draft choice from last year and your first-round draft choice from this year. And you're going, that could win the Cup. In fact, that makes us better than the other guys. And I'm not going to do that. If you there's win a nobody, Cup... There's nobody you won't trade that would make you a Stanley Cup winner. So, easy, easy there. I, I agree with with that. Of course you agree. Uh, come over yeah.
3: <laughs> Well, this one here, you, you, this one was the story of the day without a doubt in Canada. And Adam that's Hadling our last one, item? What? First of all there 's no order here. I kind of oh. like going with the I stuff the, the stuff we could discuss more at confusing. the end. but Adam Hadwin continued his hot play yes. uh, his minus six it 's second to Justin Rose at yes. Tory Pines. one shot back of the lead. Brad Fritch is third at minus five delayed at four under yes. Taylor minus three Hughes minus two. A two part question here. Because, first of all, how big is this for Hadwin, who's building on last week's uh, big win or big second place? Because you
1: You never know how good somebody really is until they start taking off. So, it's been thought, it's been said that Adam Hadwin has as much talent as any Canadian golfer. And one day you got it. So, is this Adam Hadwin taking off? Is this Adam Hadwin joining the elite? Because last Saturday, man, you, you make 13 birdies on 59. one day. Know, uh, you, that's 59. That's a front nine for second. 25. Okay. And so he's starting to build some significant points here uh, in having an opportunity. And again, it's not about one day, it's about four days. It's about having that 59 and then coming back on Sunday and winning the tournament. Niang, I finished second. Right, you yeah, didn't nice. blow,
3: but I get what you're saying. It's a
1: better field here, and the fields are going to get better and better as we go. But uh, it's consistency. It's going out there and doing it. And you know what? Drag all these Canadians behind you. I'd love to see. Can you imagine three Canadians in the top ten? We never have any in the top ten. Well, this well, right is... now, there's three in the top eight. And it's just one day. But to, to look at uh, the PGA leaderboard and to see all
3: of those... Red Maple Leafs is uh, is quite uplifting. Couldn't couldn't agree more with that. Look, he's twenty nine years old. Uh his 59 last week, by the way, my favorite quote I was listening to him when he finished I can't today. T- I'm 29. I think I'm going to be a really good golfer. <laughs> but he was finishing today, and then when they were talking about him, they brought up the 59, obviously, yep. and he goes, You know what? I got to say. Most people would say that's last, so I'm not. I like that he admitted how big it was and how proud he was. And he goes, You know what? The, the most interesting thing about that was, or what my, the coolest part to me was? He goes, Somebody told me less people have done that than have walked on the moon. That's a pretty crazy... Think about how how significant what he did was. And, and then, like you said, it wasn't just one round. He he finished second. And now, again, you come out... Look, what I love about what's happening today is this has become the norm now. How Every golf tournament, it seems now, we're talking about a Canadian. It used to be it was Ames or Weir... And and they both weren't always there, yes. and if they weren't there, there was no story. Then came, uh, Graham Delette came up, but again, it wasn't like consistent all the time. Now well, there was there
1: was uh, David
3: Hearn and yeah, and, Hearn. and and the guys that started knocking on the door, and
1: they had some opportunities. Man, heartbreakers in not winning a, a, a PGA title, uh, both of them in the last two years, but. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. It's, uh, it's about Adam becoming Adam. The expected, now,
3: though, no. that every tournament, it seems there's a, there's a new Canadian that steps up. And it's the same with women's, right? We talked about Brooke Henderson last year. And then there's all these other people coming out. So whatever Golf Canada is doing, it's clearly working. Uh, and I'm, I'm very interested in seeing it because we see it in tennis. We see it in golf right now, and, and that's something we haven't seen. Last one, speaking about tennis, no round itch at the Australian Open. We know that. Good. But the Williams sisters will face each other in the final now. Yeah. Uh, Has there ever been more dominant siblings in sports than these two? I know it's hard to compare sports and whatever it is. I agree Serena is up there as top athlete ever. Uh, I think that that's the case. But when you look at the sibling, like Venus is not, uh, she's not some slouch. I mean, these two, this is the 28th time, Elliot, that they play in a final. Ninth in a Grand Slam. Most people don't make nine Grand Slams in their career, period. This is against your sister. You made it nine times. Okay. But you,
1: as usual, you've put me on the spot here. I know that. Uh, I got, uh, I got one, guy, one guy who, when he retired, scored more goals than anybody else in the history of the National Hockey League, <laughs> and his brother has been on more Stanley Cup winners than oh, yeah, anybody. were going to do the, the Wayne Wisteries. Gretzky no, 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 joke no, no, no. that people say. Oh, I see. No, no, no. no <laughs> okay, because the ahead. brothers, yeah. the, the second yeah. guy has to be as, almost as good as the first. So but Morris, the, Richard, Ari, yeah. the Richard brothers, very good. The Hull brothers scored almost a thousand goals. I looked at a list
3: yeah. today that had neither of those two on it, and I thought yeah. that was, come on, what kind of list? They, they had the the Miller. Uh, Reggie and and Cheryl, Cheryl. That's a good, uh, one. That's a good one. The yeah. Klitschko brothers were very dominant in boxing. Yeah, yeah. Harbaugh's Peyton and Eli is is a clear. That's a good one. They've won two Super Bowls each. But the two you just mentioned, yeah. I mean, you can't go against that. How do you argue that? Ari Richard is one was the top goal scorer ever
1: when he retired, and the other guy is the top winner ever. Still, both and forever.
3: Both retired <laughs> no, that's good for it, the most. What's he got
1: eleven Stanley Cups. Are Rashard? They're, they're that's probably stupid. the two most
3: popular. Uh retired numbers for the Canadians actually when you think and that's the most historic franchise almost in sports, so I gotta give them credit. But here, just last thing, Serena, twenty two grand slams, she's second all time. Venus has only won seven, but that's twelfth all time, you know. So I mean Venus Williams and how many would she have won if she didn't have to face her sister? Those nine times, right? So I look at that. It, we're going to, they're coming to an end. You know, Venus hasn't, uh, had made a final in quite a few years. This is her first. So she's obviously on the way down. Serena will eventually run out. I kind of hope she wins and, and catches up with the 24, though. Either way, every, everybody we mentioned there, pretty incredible siblings. That's good genes. The
0: opening face off with Elliot Price and Grant Robinson. You're listening to Sportsnet tonight with Elliot Price and Grant Robinson.
1: I was going to lead uh, voices with a hockey player, but since we finished off with uh, tennis and Serena and Venus, they're going to play in the final. Here's Serena on her sister.
4: Well, uh, she's my toughest opponent. No one's ever beaten me as much as Venus has, so, you know. She has a pretty good record against me, and we're, we we have a good record against each other. So it's, um, uh, you know, it's I, I just feel like no matter what happens, we've won, because she's been through a lot, I've been through a lot. And, um, you know, to see her come back and do so well, I love you too. Um, <laughs> to see her do so well, and it's just really, it's great. So I really, I look forward to it. And like I said, Williams is going to win this tournament, so, you know,
1: There you go, Serena, uh, to face her sister in the final of the first Grand Slam of the year. Meanwhile, another shutout last night for Frederick Anderson. Yeah, I felt great. Uh, we came in and uh, worked hard. I think uh, the whole team effort. We, uh, yeah, we, we didn't give him up, give up many chances the first, uh, especially
5: the two first periods, and and we came out and uh, yeah had some good uh, good shots and, and scored. So we, uh, yeah, we came in fresh. Uh, they had uh, had a tough game last night, so we
1: uh, we took advantage of that. All right, uh, what do you think Bill Belichick would say about the opposing quarterback? Yeah, you're right. He's had a great career. He, again, does everything well. He handles the
6: line of scrimmage well. Um, gets the team in the right place. Plays good in critical situations. You know, deep ball, intermediate throws. Possession passes. Um, red area. He's athletic. He can get out of some trouble. So there's really no weaknesses to his game. You know, he's, a, he's a team player. He does the right thing for the team. Puts his team in
1: position to win. Not much you don't like about him. All
2: right. I'm done. Classic, Bill. I right, know.
1: Uh, LeBron James, man, he's just going at everybody right now, eh? Uh, rumors that, uh, as we, we talked about yesterday, uh, Carmelo for love, LeBron.
7: The Knicks called the Cavs uh, to discuss a trade for one of your best friends, Carmelo. Um, what do you, what do you think? What do you, how do you react when you hear that?
2: Um, I have no reaction. We got 14 guys in here. We need to be ready every night. What we got in here, we got to play. Can't play fantasy basketball. We got who we got. And we got to go out and play. To get better. You got to get better. That's all. Uh, we had our opportunities. No matter, like I always tell you, Jay, you know, no matter who we go against, no matter if it's by 500 or plus 500, we know we're we'll going to be everybody's best. So we've got to be better. Well, you've got to
1: be better. Two wins in their last eight games. What say you, Coach Tyrone Liu?
4: You always want to try to improve your team no matter if you're great or not. I mean, Golden State won 73 games last year. They added Kevin Durant. So you always want to get better, and we see teams getting better. As a competitor, you want to get better. But um, we have enough this, on this team to win a championship, and if we can get better, I know Griff is going to make us better, and he's going to do the best he can. So um, for me, you know, um, LeBron James, the best player in the world, took a team that was worse to the NBA Finals two years ago. So, I mean, you know, we got a good team. we just got to start playing better as a unit and uh, no excuses.
8: Are you okay with that? I mean, he's the best player in the league. Are you okay with him kind of Calling out guys like that, or call, what, whoever he's calling out. Well, uh, we discussed it as
4: a team today, and him and Griff also spoke about it. And uh, we're going to handle it internal. We're not going to, you know, put out everything sure. to happened, what was said, but um, we addressed LeBron. We talked to him. Um, he understands. He understood. And now we're going to move on.
1: Yeah, he spoke to LeBron, and he understands. <laughs> <laughs> Very nicely done, Coach. And, uh, finally, uh, joining Primetime Sports was Henry Burris. He says goodbye to football and the Canadian Football League, and walks out a champion
8: it's over it's over uh... you know what i mean when i spent time with the family during the season and you know when i was injured and then when trevor came back and they put me back to number two which i took the time to get healthy and and get my uh, rhythm back for being on the field playing You know, spending time with my family, like they say, sometimes things happen and they happen for a reason to show you that maybe it's time and just the time I enjoyed spending it with my family, not having the world on my shoulders, having to win every game, not make a mistake. Uh, you know what? I realized then that. You know what? I'm not going to get this time back, you know, uh, with my kids and and with my wife. And and uh, I've been playing this game for 20 years now, professionally. And you know, for me, it'd be selfish to try to come back for another Grey Cup because, honestly, with the way the script was this past year, even if we won this next Grey Cup here in Ottawa, it probably not it wouldn't top, you know, what we went through this year and, and what the end result was for, as far as for myself and in my journey and sharing it with the city of Ottawa and also with my with my family.
4: When it's over, that's the time I fall in love
8: again And when it's over, that's the time you're in my heart again Sugar rush. (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me. There you go. Henry Burris
1: says, says goodbye to me CFL. wonder why it took him almost to February. Well, then he, he said he spent some time with the family, and I guess he doesn't want to
3: leave. I think that's a smart way to do it. Take your time. Don't ever make a decision. that's there. And when you are thinking about it, like even that Big Ben thing the other day, don't say you're... Con- you don't have to say it at this point. Just wait. It's fine to do it, but I think how Henry Burris handled it, look, take your time. Go ahead, because if you want to go back... Which a lot of people do miss it, right? Understand, but but he's Fred but he's Henry Burris, right? the Canadian Football League. He's a young man. He didn't make a
1: lot of money. He made <laughs> no, CFL a lot of money. Yeah, but he didn't make retire for the rest of your
3: life money. No, I'm surprised he he and he just played one of the best games of his okay. career to win the Grey Cup. He could have helped the team this year. There's no question.
1: All right, uh, let's find out what Arpin's doing in Los Angeles. We know what Arpin's doing in Los Angeles. The All Star Games coming up. We'll talk to Arpin Basu about to the Canadian Straight today, about uh, what they're doing tonight, and a whole bunch of other stuff after Grant's update. And it's a busy day. So let's hurry up. You're listening to Sportsnet Tonight. I'm Elliot Price. You have your
5: ubulus muscle that connects to the upper dorsumus.
3: Come on, Elliot. So let's all straighten up and fly right. wee You're tuned into Sportsnet Tonight with your host, Elliot Price, right here on 1280 AM Montreal. Ding, 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 ding,
9: ding, 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 ding. Elliot. Hey!
2: A man-child crying out for love. An innocent orphan in the postmodern world. Elliot?
7: He sickens me.
0: Now, Sportsnet Tonight, talking hockey. You know, the home team in red, white, and blue.
1: Indeed, uh, it is time for Arpen Bassley. So I tweeted out uh, what's Arpen doing in L.A., and Arpen tweets back, sitting in traffic. Arpen, how are you? I'm great. Huh? Seeing the sights. So, I've, at a very, very slow pace. <laughs> I've, I've, I've uh, back when uh, when we were with the Expos, used to take the bus uh, uh, when they they finish an afternoon game in San Diego and they go to Los Angeles and. Uh, because to 'cause it's a late Saturday night and then they play a Sunday afternoon game and you get on the bus and go to sleep for an hour and you wake up and you <laughs> see the same thing you saw when you went to sleep so it's it's crazy out there that's pretty much oh
5: yeah, that's pretty much what's going on here when right. my cousin my, my you know my my very generous cousin has decided to drive me to my hotel. And we're sitting in traffic. All right, and then he's gonna have to sit in traffic to go home. There you go. So he's what, an angel.
1: What do you got? Uh, what do you got planned here? I mean, uh, you know, festivities get underway, and you're looking forward to doing what? Arpin.
5: What was that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, we lost I'm you looking for forward some. To doing what? I'm looking forward to. I mean, there's the NHL 100 Gala tomorrow, which right. uh, should be great. You know, we get to see the rest of the the top 100 players of all time. Uh, then obviously this, I, I enjoy the skills competition in All-Star Weekend. I think that's fun. And also Media Day where we get access to all the, you know, all the best players in the league. Uh, which is also fun. And then Sundays, the All-Star game. I think my favorite part of All-Star Weekend is always the skill competition. I still, I still get a kick out of it. You're a big kid. I am. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realize about. Like whenever, whenever people sort of dump on All-Star Weekend, I think they forget what it's like. As a kid, to watch All Star Weekend, because you know, when I was a kid, I got really excited to see the guys on my on my favorite team among the best players, and and every time they got the puck, to watching and see, hoping they do something. And so, you know, it really is for for the younger fans to to enjoy and you know to see like a bunch of grown adult men and women. I think mainly men who actually complain about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we sometimes we forget we get jaded as, as members of the media and sort of forget what it's like to be a fan and be young and, and to and to sort of enjoy the spectacle of all the best all the best players being in one spot. Um which is why I think the weekend still has value, even though a lot of people uh seem to disagree with
3: that. I agree with you. I, I really enjoy watching the skills competition. I'm curious though, what's your favorite part of the skills competition or or is there any of the events that you pay a little more attention to or you enjoy watching more?
5: Uh I like the uh I like the, the sort of the lap around the right the fastest skater competition. Yeah. I find that To be the more the most compelling thing, Um, just because it's cool. It'd be cool actually if they did it the way the NBA does it, in the sense that you invite specific guys to do specific competitions. Like, you know, the NBA invites people to the dunk contest, even if they're not all stars. You know, we have the best dunkers in the league doing it, and it'd be fun if they just sort of identified the fastest skaters in the league and invited them all to 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 the weekend just to compete in that event, just so we can definitively say who the fastest skater is. Uh, But still, you know, a lot of them are, are here um be interesting to see Connor McDavid do it for the first time and so I, I, assuming he is I can't imagine if he wouldn't be um to see how fast he can get around the lake should be uh, should be pretty compelling on Saturday
1: and I've talked about that before about uh, inviting players who aren't necessarily involved with the game uh these the entertaining trick shot competition man there are guys out there that can do stuff that aren't necessarily in the game I remember years ago um at a Canadian's practice and Serge Boisvert, not a star, uh, not even a longtime regular, but he had, this, he had this thing that he could do that made you go, huh? he, would, he would stand between center ice and the blue line, and he would chip down on the corner of the puck, and it would come straight up in the air, and he would do a 360, take a baseball swing at it, and he could hit the net, and he could do that regular. And there's got to be guys out there that wow. can do stuff like that that don't necessarily play in the All-Star game. They just can do tricks, and that's yeah, what well, we want to see.
5: Yeah, and the, the one guy who comes to mind is Andreas Atanasiu the, at the in, in Detroit, who I think has a pretty wide uh, range of trick shots that he could do. Um, but my favorite, you know, Canadian's practice story is when, when Alex Fogler was on the team, and he used to just, at the end of practice, just kind of lob pucks onto the top of the net but he would be on the far blue line and he would just sort of flip them and they would land on the net and not bounce off they would stay there and he would do that regularly so I don't think that could really work in a trick shot because you're supposed to actually score but if you played like a game of hockey of course but with hockey I think he would win with that one. Cause that's, that's a great you know, idea. That's, that was pretty cool yeah, well, to watch, because he would do it after pretty
1: much every practice, too. Oh, We, we, saw, we saw a video earlier this year with the Jonathan Taves and Austin Matthews, right? The commercial, yeah. yeah. And I uh, that. go, I want to hit one off right. the crossbar. Ding! Like, <laughs> And, it, what you know, they can just... There's guys that can do stuff, because they do it all the time. That's what yeah. we want to see, and I don't understand why that's not something they cultivated, anyway. Uh, what do you make of uh, the Canadians picking up uh, Nikita Nesterov?
5: well it's hard to it's hard to see any negative out of it i mean they, they got a, a serviceable nhl defenseman who can skate who can play forward who could play either side on defense the left shot where they kind of needed someone um and is mobile and and you know kind of suits sort of the needs of the team for basically nothing i mean you know six round picks you don't want to just give them away but when you're giving up a six round pick and a, and a and a prospect who's, you know, verging on not even being a prospect, verging on sort of an AHL player in Jonathan Racine, um, I don't see any downside to the Canadians doing this today. And, and, you know, I think they filled an area of need. Now, I just want to kind of warn, like I saw a lot on social media, people sort of reacting to that and saying that, you know, this is now gives them the opportunity to trade Nathan Bollier And... You know, let's be clear that Nikita Nesterov is not Nathan Bowie. Nathan Boyle hasn't had the greatest season in the world, but he's a better hockey player than Nikita Nesterov. You can't really—you could replace him with Nikita Nesterov, but that would be a downgrade. So, I mean, if they were looking to trade Boyle, I guess this gives them added depth on the left side. But I'm not sure that this is what that's all about. It's, I think this is just adding depth on defense with a guy who's not an AHL guy. He's a legitimate NHL forward who was trusted on a very good team to play, not regular, not all the time, but played a very specific role uh, for John Cooper. He was sort of his, his go-to seventh defenseman and, and and used him somewhat sparingly, but but in a variety of roles. and he felt comfortable in all of them. So was sort of a jack of all trades for the Lightning when he was there. And, and I don't, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You know, he's, He's got a low-cap hit. I think it's 725. It's the final year of his contract, say, at the end of the year. So if he comes to Montreal and he stinks and you didn't really give much up for him and he's not taking up much cap room and you just kind of, you know, you let him walk at the end of the year. So there's it would be really hard to see a legitimate negative reaction to a trade like this from the Canadian's perspective.
3: Go ahead, Greg. Well, me and Elliot kind of batted this around a little earlier. Uh, Obviously, the trade made us think of it. It's not, this is more a depth trade. It it has nothing to do with really uh, improving the team drastically, but without making a significant trade, let's say trade deadline passes and the roster stays as is or, or just depth moves. What's your confidence level in this team uh, being able to, you know, really compete and and have a great shot at winning the Stanley Cup this season? We know they can compete. We know they're a good team. They're at the top of the division. But what about competing with the Washingtons, the Pittsburghs, and, and so on?
5: Well, the main the main problem with that, like getting out of the East, you're going to have to come across one of those one of those teams, probably one of those two teams that you just mentioned. So you look at both of those teams, and you have. You know, you have Crosby, Malkin, Benino down the middle in Pittsburgh, and you have, you know, Backstrom, Kuznetsov and now Eller down the middle in Washington. So the Canadians don't have a one, two, three punch like that down the middle. And that's, I think, an area that needs to be addressed. It might not, they might not be able to do that with a significant enough player at the deadline. But, um, you know, they always have a chance because they have the goaltending. And I think, you know, the defense is, is good. It, it's probably better than both those teams. In terms of uh, the quality on the back end, assuming Markov's healthy. Um, but I think they should try to shore up the center ice position and get, and get something, get some, get someone who can play in the middle and compete with sort of the murderer's row of guys, um, who play down the middle on those two teams. Cause that's, that's an area of, of significant depth for the top teams in the conference. And that's sort of an area of, I don't want to say weakness, but it's not their strongest position in Montreal.
1: uh, Before we let you go, what do you say to the people who say, uh, you know what, Carey Price, don't go to the All-Star game. Stay home, take a break, and uh, resume action after?
5: I would say people need to stop trying to manage Carey Price's life. (laughs) I mean, this was the same thing we heard about the World Cup. This is the same thing. Like every, you know, as soon as Kerry Price hits a little slump, everyone started reporting that he was tired. He never said he was tired. He never right. said he was playing too much. I mean, I think a lot of people make a lot of assumptions about his, about how he feels physically ever since the injury last year. And I guess with some, with, with good reason because, you know, there wasn't much information coming out from the Canadians as far as what was wrong with him. But people make a lot of assumptions about <clears throat> his, his physical state and, I think they need to stop doing that. You know, they need to just let this guy live his life and play, because, you know, it's fun coming to the All-Star Game, and it's not very taxing. It's actually a big party all weekend, and it's, you know, it's a good way to sort of pop some steam, and then you have to go on the ice a couple of times over the weekend. And, but the bigger picture, the bigger bigger issue, I think, is people need to stop, you know, people need to get out of Kerry Place's head and think they know exactly how he's feeling at all times, and making, like, pretty wild assumptions about things that he's never said or or even hinted that he feels, uh, and assuming that that's the case, because I find it happens all the time. Everyone's wanted him not to go to the World Cup because because he had been injured months earlier, and he was you know, he had been cleared, he was, he was fine in July. And so I don't see what missing the World Cup how it would have helped him with his with his injury. And so you know I find a lot of Canadian fans have a tendency to do this and make and make assumptions about Terry Price that aren't necessarily true, um, only because he got injured last year. So, you know, let him live. Let him come here and do his
1: thing, and don't worry about it. I agree 3,000%. Thank you, Arpin. All right, Elliot. Enjoy LA. There you go. Arpin Basu in Los Angeles for the All-Star game. I feel a little, you know, badly for him, although they're not a good team this year. I know that Arpin's a Laker fan, and I'm looking at the schedule, and they're playing the Jazz in Utah tonight. And then they don't play again until Tuesday. Wasn't it was a five-day break for the Lakers. would have been nice if they were at home tonight. Then Arpin could,
3: have, could gone have went to see, to see his see uh,
1: beloved Lakers in Los Angeles. But, all right, no problem. I'm sure there are other, th- I hear there are other things to do in L.A., aside from going to a basketball game. It's
3: just a, Sometimes. Just a guess. Yeah, you could probably find something.
1: All right. Uh, DK to join us in the... Oh, just after uh, the top of the hour. But uh, we're going to try to get a hold of Ryan Dixon, see if he can hear his phone. It must be, like, really loud, right? In Boston? The game's in Boston, right? Yeah,
3: and they're feeling a lot better than they were yeah. 30 minutes ago, that's for sure.
1: So he's at the game, Boston and Pittsburgh. We'll see if we can get a hold of him, um, and we'll talk hockey with Ryan Dixon, hopefully in a moment or two.
0: Hey man, got a big box of porn for you. Yes. Got to get on deck. You guys right? are so up your asses.
5: Scumbag. ask That's how you talk. Nice
1: personality combination, hostile and intolerant. You freaking idiot! You do not take a tone
6: with me, because I will give you a rap right on the Jack Johnson. Let's dance, dickweed. That's what I'm talking about. You're tuned into Sportsnet tonight with your host Elliot Price. Don't act like you're not
1: impressed. Right here on 12:80 a.m. Montreal.
7: No, I' saying.
1: Oh, we lost him again. All right, uh, call him back. I heard that. So, call him. Is he there? I'm calling. You're calling. Okay, very well. Uh, Ryan Dixon in just a moment. Uh, we 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 messaged. He's there. He'll be with us in a moment. It's uh, Bruins three and Penguins two as they near the Hello. end of the second period. Hey, how you doing? You're on the air. That was quick. Wow.
7: Yeah, all right. How come it's, through?
1: Where are you? It's so quiet where you are.
7: It's so quiet. Yeah, just in my living room here watching Sidney Crosby play live. <laughs> I thought you at go- the cheaty Garden. Uh, I know Chidi Garden plate Okay, I, I thought it would be it's like
1: getting- yeah.
7: I was going to say, it's getting a little hot in here, too. Uh, Things are, uh, are taking a violent turn. It's like a old-time Bruin talk here a little bit.
1: What's going on? What are they doing?
7: Oh, uh, we got uh, David Backus. I don't know if he was uh, frustrated with uh, Kessel's comments uh, dating back to the summer, uh, criticizing Team USA or what, but he was ready to uh, tear poor Phil's uh, head off earlier in the second. Then we had uh, Colin Miller and Scott Wilson drop the gloves, and yeah, we're uh, we're having a hard time getting the second period done here.
1: I see that two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two, 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 two ten, five, five. After the Wilson Miller tilt, and the Bruins and the Penguins are going at it tonight. So you picked the good one. It looked like uh, the Penguins were going to run away with it. I mean, when it was two nothing Pittsburgh, was it all Penguins? Yeah,
7: uh, they. The first goal was um, one of those ones that, that Brandon Carlo will try to scrub from his brain. He uh, tried to stop a cross-ice pass from Schultz and basically one-timed it into his net. So Pittsburgh definitely caught a break on the uh, first one. But great play on the second one, Crosby to Kessel. And, uh, he it and I started thinking about maybe writing a story about all the things that are going right for Pittsburgh this year. As they try to uh, defend their title, but uh, yeah, Boston really climbed back in just in uh, ten minutes in the uh, in the second period, and of course, it was the guy who we all thought might be suspended today and, and maybe beyond, Brad Marchand, uh, who scored goals number twenty and twenty-one on the season, um, and then yeah, Boston uh, Boston pulled ahead. So you know they've had a rough go here in the last. Well, really all season, if you look at their underlying numbers, you could argue they deserve some better results from the last little while prior to, to Tuesday. Um, you know, they've been playing pretty well but hadn't been getting uh much in the way of results and it looked like that was gonna happen again against the Red Wings and uh, and Boston was able to get a hold of it and end up getting an overtime win. Um, and then yeah, same thing kind of here tonight where uh, they fell behind, probably weren't playing as well as they did Tuesday, but fell behind and and, uh, now, you know, they get a bouncer too and it seems like things are going the Bruins way a little
9: bit more.
3: Ryan, Grant here. You mentioned Brad Marchand kind of taking over. They were down 2 nothing in a very important game, obviously, for the Bruins with all these games in hand that Ottawa and the Leafs have. Uh, Marchand scores two to tie it. Uh, he's clearly a huge part of the success uh, of this team, and he's probably the most talented player on it right now. When he was just a pest, I understood plays like the one on Cronwall, right? That's what he did. Uh, is he at the point now where he's too good to be risking missing games uh, for stupid plays like that?
7: Sorry, cut out there at the end. I I just caught the the first part about Marchand really uh, picking it up and.
3: Um, well, I was, I was yeah, just going to ask. Yeah, I'll, I'll just. Go. I was just going to ask about him not being suspended, but we thought it might be a risk. You know, is he too valuable now uh, to be the same kind of pest he used to be, where he puts himself in these dangerous situations to miss some time?
7: Yeah, he can't. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think he knows that. He th- still clearly has a little bit of trouble implementing that into his behavior. I mean, you could tell when he talks. Uh, I actually talked to him on on Wednesday um, uh, for 10 minutes after practice. And, you know, you can tell he does genuinely want to put that pet label behind him. But he, he does have to modify his behavior a bit um, if that's going to happen. Because you're right, he just becomes so valuable to this team, and, and, you know, I think there's, you know, there's been frustration over the years with them. They've been willing to work with him because he is a good player, and I don't think, you know, if we're being honest, or if they were being honest, the Bruins would tell you they thought he'd be this good. Um But, yeah, I, I, I mean, they, you know, there's a the belief that he can still be um, that difference maker without having to get his nose dirty all the time without, uh, you know, having to do some of the things he's done to get himself fired up as a way uh to play and tap into the competitive spirit he has without doing that dumb stuff. So he's saying the right things, and he certainly did today, but Obviously, no one's giving us the benefit of the doubt anytime kind of
1: soon. With Ryan Dixon from Sportsnet joining us from TD Garden in Boston, do you feel like there's people walking on eggshells there like they have the feeling if something goes wrong, even tonight's game, that uh, Coach Julian could get fired?
7: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's definitely something that's been in, uh, in the air. Um, I, it's such a tough one because, you know, I don't think anyone believes he's a bad coach. And if he is let go, he's going to end up going somewhere else and probably making that team better. Um, but, yeah, there, there is no doubt that um, that's something that's been, been hanging in the air. And, uh, yeah, they, I mean... Some wins would go a long way toward quieting that situation. So if they can pull it out tonight and go into this break uh, riding at least a two-game winning streak, I'm sure that'll keep things a little quieter. Um, but yeah, I mean Julian, obviously no stranger to this situation. This, I feel like this is the third or fourth time in his career here that uh, you know is the way the media talks about. Anyway, he's been hanging by a thread, but. Still his job uh, still a pretty decent team and if uh, if he can squeeze the most out of them and and you know try and uh, lock down one of those the, the second spot or third spot in the Atlantic um, you know it's going to go a long way but I, I definitely think that you know his status is is uh, front and center on the minds of a lot of people who covered this team
1: Ryan Dixon a pleasure to talk with you from the TD garden be a good boy in Boston tonight.
7: Will do, will do,
1: always. (laughs) Ryan Dixon uh, from Sportsnet, and uh, the Bruins with a 3-2 lead over the Penguins there. Uh, It was 2-0 Pittsburgh, now it's 3-2 Boston, and uh, Brad Marchand, after uh, a poor start to his season, has really turned it on and scored a couple tonight. All right, uh, it's a vast bag tonight. A little bit of everything. We've got football conversation coming up next. We're still, what, uh, 10 days? From the Super Bowl, there's other football stuff going on, as usual, on Thursday night, just after 9 o'clock. It is Daniel Kalis, and he will join us coming up after Grant's update. You're listening to Sportsnet Tonight. I'm Elliot Price. You're listening to
0: Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price and Grant Robinson.
1: Well, it's almost like a breather in the National Football League season, I know. Daniel Kalis, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I know that uh, you and Grant are so looking forward to the Pro Bowl that thank goodness uh, they put that game in between here, uh, the championship
3: uh, and uh, the Super Bowl. So I still think they should have it after uh, the Super Bowl. You take out most Daniel of the really good play- have no interest. Well, no, but you take out most of the top players from it, right? The players on the best team. Uh, I think it's a little unfair to them, but again, like you said, they want to fill in that Saturday, so I, I get it. But bothers me.
9: I, I, I think most of the All-Star games are bad and the Pro Bowl is by far the worst of them. I, I, would, I, I do like the idea of afterwards, but for a different reason that you know, people will get so depressed right after the Super Bowl that there's no more football, that there's a slight chance of more interest just to watch it to see football because yeah. they know they won't be seeing it for the next
3: bunch of months. I, I agree wholeheartedly with that, because right now... That's not football. The Pro Bowl, no, but it's true. It's it's the week after. It's like, no football. Oh, wait, there's the Pro Bowl. No. Right now, it's, I want to see the Super Bowl. Oh, great, it's the Pro Bowl. Like, oh, it's God. it's a disappointment. You
1: know what? When it comes to the Pro Bowl, and, and this has been
3: like a whole lifetime of this, it's,
1: oh, it's the Pro Bowl. And I don't care if they play it before or after the Super Bowl. Make it flag. Make it real. <laughs> <laughs> Do something or don't have it because it's terrible. There you go. Amen. Well, Grant will watch Amen. it, and he'll probably bet it. And then he'll bet it up after the first quarter.
3: I probably will. <laughs> I mean, look, hey, if you could bet quarters and you know which quarterback is starting, it does matter. There's some players that actually try in these games, and there's others that don't give a crap. <laughs> and do you, how do you know which one is which? You've seen it through the years. Oh. I Des see. Bryant tries, there's the, there's the confident not players, the, the cocky ball. players, yeah. no. But again, there's the players that want the ball. I can't see Ezekiel Elliott getting the ball and running the way uh, Latavius Murray did last year, where he just runs three yards and stands there and waits for someone to hold him. Uh, but look, forget the Pro Bowl for a second. Thank God. I, I actually want to ask something here, and it's two part. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a follow-up to whatever you answer here. But Kyle Shanahan this week, there's been rumors about him uh, for for super long now, about the 49ers. It, it's pretty much written. On the wall, we all know he's going to sign thereafter. He's interviewing with the 49ers now, this week reportedly. Uh, instead of preparing for the Super Bowl, if you are the Falcons, would this bother you that your coach is instead of preparing to go against Bill Belichick, you're out interviewing for your next job? Uh,
9: well, if it does bother them, it would be somewhat hypocritical since their head coach, that's what he did. When he was uh, the defense coordinator of Seattle, uh, you know he got the job and did the, the this whole whatever you know coaching thing in the middle. Uh, w- you know when Seattle was in that Super Bowl, uh, I, I think that you know Shanahan's been around long enough, and, and there is enough time in between, and that's why he didn't do the interview on Monday because he wanted to do uh, continue you know like his schedule the way he does and work on the game time, work on breaking down the film for Monday and Tuesday, and he set it up for Saturday where it was normally a walkthrough and they weren't doing anything, so it wasn't really taking away from his time. Is he going to be somewhat distracted thinking about putting together a coaching staff or who the GM is going to be because they don't have one of those either and all those things. I, that's, that's each individual is different, you know, when these situations happen. Uh, you hope the guys are professional. Uh, and, and you hope that uh, you know when it comes to the game. And I'm sure he, if he wants to go out on top. He wants to, it, it makes him look much better if he goes out on top and wins the Super Bowl.
3: I just personally don't like the double standard where it's fine for coaches to do, but the second a player does it, uh, it's the end of the world. Like imagine if Matt Ryan was a free agent after this year. I know he's not, but he's a free agent, and instead of you know doing this, he's meeting with the Denver Broncos next year about a potential job with them. You know college players sit out bowl games and they're crucified for it, right? Leonard Fournette. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, but how many coaches take a new job before their bowl games and don't even coach in them? So I, I don't see the difference where people are okay with coaches doing it, but if a player does it it's, it's the end of the world. Uh,
9: I agree. I, 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 I've always found that the way it goes on through the, through the uh, during the playoffs. There's something wrong with the system. You know, you can only interview certain guys. You know, at the beginning, the guys on the bye week, they can interview. But if you're coaching that week, you can't. And I think it hurts some guys who should be getting uh, jobs and getting offers, but they can't really devote it. Some guys won't even interview because they want to focus on it. So I, I, I think the system is flawed and they need to come up with a better system that doesn't affect the teams that they're currently working for, but also doesn't hurt the teams that want to look for jobs by waiting too long because, you know, they want to interview a certain guy who's in the playoffs and he On a long playoff front, so uh, you know maybe they all have to wait till after the Super Bowl, and if everyone has to wait till after, I guess it's the same for everyone. It doesn't really matter. There's no free agency. The draft you could still go along the same way. So maybe something like that could be, uh, you know, uh, uh, an option.
1: With Daniel Kalis, our National Football League correspondent, Monday, Thursday, Friday. How important uh, for Matt Ryan's legacy? Uh, you know, it could have been very different if the Falcons hadn't blown that game to the 49ers. He might have made it to a Super Bowl already. Uh, but that didn't happen. And now here's his opportunity. I think people forget how close the Falcons were to going to a Super Bowl a few years ago. Oh, definitely. They were, in the, they, you
9: know, they were up in that game, and it's the game that I'm sure... Uh, up until, you know, getting to the Super Bowl this time sort of haunted them because, you know, you never know when you have that chance. Uh, I, I think it is a huge deal for him. Uh, you saw what happened last year. The, the Carolina Panthers were 15-1, Cam Newton, the league MVP, uh, and then this year he comes back, and I'm not going to put all the blame on him because, it's you know, it's a team game, but he really had a down season, and it, it changes the way people think about you. The Super Bowl is, is what it's all about. You look at Joe Flacco who won that Super Bowl, and there are a lot of people who are up and down on, on, on you know, whether he's elite or in what tier of a quarterback he's in. But at the end of the day, he's got a Super Bowl uh, ring on his finger. Uh, and it's not like he's one of those just game managers. These guys guy just put up some stats. So Matt Ryan's put up the numbers, but he's never won a big game. Winning this game, I think, is a huge deal for him because even if he never gets back again, he still got one on his finger, and a lot of other great quarterbacks never got that one.
1: And do you think it matters, I mean, that it was Flacco that won that one? I mean, the guys came in together. Uh, it had been a long time since rookies had led their teams to a playoff spot. Flacco and Ryan, they've been tied together uh, since they were rookies.
9: Oh, yeah, I think it, it's definitely that, and they're always going to be talked about like that. Similar to, you know, always the many other years when quarterbacks are taken together, you know, you talk about Eli and Ben. Uh, the fact that they've won multiple Super Bowls, whereas you know Philip Rivers didn't win any, uh, you have many other years where you've got that. So I definitely think that uh, you know it, 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 you, these guys are all competitive. They, they they know where they were drafted. They know who was drafted before them. They know all those things. So they're always thinking about those things. Uh, and you know he, he he came in in a very weird way after the whole Michael Vick thing. So this is going to be really a, 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 would be a huge win, a huge win for the whole city in Atlanta that he could cement himself as, as sort of the, the the king of the hill there where after they had drafted Michael, Michael Vick and how well he played for all those years, no one ever thought anyone can ever, you know, take take that crown. And if he puts them over in the Super Bowl, there's not going to be any doubt about it.
3: Quick, I, I got to ask this quick question. Jamie Collins answered in one sentence, not part of the Patriots Super Bowl, Super Bowl run, goes to the Browns, but gets paid $50 million. Winner or loser?
9: You make $50 million. I can never call you a business. Winner. I agree. Winner, <laughs> winner. Plenty of
1: chicken dinners. Uh, thank you, D.K. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the evening. All right. There you go. Short and sweet. We've got to, got to leave some stuff for Friday. It's not like this is uh, the week of grand National Football League news. So uh, Daniel Kalos uh, will join us again tomorrow night. But we've got Andrew Walker coming up. Uh, are, are the Toronto Maple Leafs ready to take back the crown in Toronto? I mean, the Blue Jays are building to one more season. The Raptors, what? What do we have here? And here are the Leafs, and it's always been a Leafs town. Andrew Walker from the Andrew Walker Show at the Fan 590 in Toronto. That's next. Andrew
2: Land. Andrew Land. Christ. Is anybody listening? Andrew Land. I'm emotional.
7: Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price.
3: Ding, ding, ding. Elliot Price. (laughs) It (laughs) is deception. Elliot Price.
5: I'm losing
4: it. Elliot Price. Salutos, my friends, and you know who you are. You're tuned in to Sportsnet Tonight with your host, (laughs)
1: Elliot Price.
7: Ding, ding, ding.
1: All right, thank you very much. Thank you very much. You are listening to uh, Sportsnet Tonight, and it's uh, time to go to Toronto. Do we have Andrew Walker? Andrew, are you there? Yeah, can you, can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. Can you hear me? Great, how are you? I'm all right. You should know, uh, before we go any further, what you're dealing with here. I know that you're, you're talking to Montreal, but I'm sitting across from a lifelong Leafs fan. That would be Grant Robinson. And I am a lifelong Blackhawks fan. So, although this is Montreal... We are a little bit different, <laughs> and and yourself. No, well, I know. I, I I grew up
6: an oiler fan. But oh, there I you go. Work in Toronto now, so yeah, we got everywhere covered.
1: Okay, good, because our executive producer's not here tonight, and he's a Flames fan. Ooh. So that would be oil and <laughs> and fire, and that would that would not be a good thing.
6: Right. Well, let me tell you, I was out I was out west last weekend, and and uh, I mean the Flames are up two nothing tonight, so it looks like they might actually stop the bleeding, but they're apoplectic in Calgary because, I mean, their rink, you know, once the the wings move out of the Joe next month, or sorry, next year, the the Saddle Dome in Calgary, which is one of the great hockey markets in the world, is going to have the worst rink in the NHL. And if they decided today to build a new rink and got all their funding together today, it's still five or six years away. So they got to look up the road at the team they hate, the Oilers playing in their beautiful new rink. And I was there last Friday with Connor McDavid skating around. And like, I can't imagine. Um, And, and right now on the ice, it's been a nightmare for Calgary. I just feel so bad for Calgary right
1: now. No, you don't. You're an Oilers fan. You don't care.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel, I feel, yeah, I feel bad to fans. Like that's like, okay, you're going to struggle on the ice. That's fine. But like, get, listen, I, I spent a lot of years in Calgary working, get that market a new rink. It's one of the, it's one of the most passionate markets in, in, in the world, and they have the worst drink. It doesn't make sense.
1: With Andrew Walker from the Andrew Walker Show at uh, Fan 590 in Toronto. I don't know. I mean, my, my memory, uh, you know, the last time I was at the Saddledome, it wasn't that bad. Of course, the last time I was there, the Canadians won the Cup in
6: 1986. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nice back then. It, it was. like a saddle. It was really charming.
2: I think they just built it.
1: Um, I want to know, I mean, because it's... Uh, There's so much going on, right? I mean, we are just about there when it comes to Toronto sports. Um, The Blue Jays are about to go to spring training. The Raptors are about to have another season in which they're in the playoffs. The Leafs, you can't say they're about to have another uh, season in which they're in the playoffs because it's presenting itself here. Do they take over the town? I mean, people have waited for the Leafs. Will they grab it back? And does that matter to the other franchises in Toronto? Uh,
6: I don't think it matters to the other franchises. Uh, but, you know, the, the answer is, I don't know. Because, it's. listen, it's really, really easy to say um, Toronto's a Leafs town. It's always been a Leafs town. It's that tradition. And, yeah, they've been largely irrelevant for 10 years. I mean, you look in in Chicago, right? Like Chicago had Michael Jordan and the Bulls winning six championships in eight years. Like they have dynasties there. The White Sox won a World Series. All of that. But you know what? Deep down, it's a Cubs town. It always was. It always will be. The buzz is different when the Cubs win. I mean, I've had I've had friends that have played for the Bruins. Like the Patriots are 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 you know God incarnate. And 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 you know, the Bruins, the Celtics. But when the Red Sox are winning, right. Boston is a Red Sox town and it doesn't compare. Now, so it's really easy for, for me to say, okay, when push comes to shove, Raptors are great, Leafs are great, but when the Leafs are back, everyone's on board. That said, those cities I mentioned, Boston, Chicago, they haven't had the demographic shift that this city has in the last 10, 15 years. Once, you know, the, the Leafs became a little bit I don't want to say irrelevant, but really second nature. Just they—they were just so good. What happened? Like all of a sudden, um, you have a large demographic. You have school kids, you know, kids in college that have never known a good Leafs team, but they know a good Raptors team, and they remember Vince. And nothing brings um, you know every demographic together quite like a Blue Jays playoff run. So, so the answer is—I mean, it's going to be great if if and when the Leafs make the playoffs. Will it be any bigger? than what we've seen for ALCS or what we've seen for Raptors Conference Finals. I'm not convinced. Toronto might not be a pure Leafs town. It might just be a show-us-what's-hot bandwagon town, which isn't a bad thing, but I don't know if it's that different, to be honest. But but nobody does. We'll see. All
1: right, uh, tell me the truth. There's no one in Toronto that's listening right now. Um, you You grew up... From Saskatchewan, you worked in Calgary, you're an Oiler fan. Did you hate the Leafs growing up?
6: No, no, not at all. But I uh, not at all. Actually I, my dad was born and raised here and, and uh and he kind of grew up a Leaf fan and when the Oilers were were a little more irrelevant, um I No, <laughs> no they No! I, no! I, 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 I full heartedly, you know, cheered for the, the Gilmore Clark wow. Leafs because my dad did not I will tell you, man, like there's there is a huge anti-Toronto, anti-Leaf yeah. sentiment in Western Canada. It's massive. I've never really understood it because, honestly, I really never partook in it. But um, like the other day, I, I was talking to people in Calgary, and, and they're you know telling me how bad it is for the Flames because you know they get swept by the Oilers, and then in the words of uh, in the words of a host there in Calgary, and then they come out east and lose to God's team, Toronto, for nothing, <laughs> and that's almost worse for them.
1: Well, I never. I, I hated the Canadians growing up, so everybody knows that. I kind of once once you're around the guys and you cover them on the beat, and then they're people. Then it. it it's, oh it's, yeah, you it's hard get, to you hate get, them. You get
6: too close to it. Like listen, I grew up an Oilers fan, yeah. and uh, I went to every game in '06, and it was, you know, as a younger guy, and it was and it was un, unreal. But it's it's not it's not the same. But it's not supposed to be the same, you know.
1: All right, so right, let's. Uh, uh, take a turn for the Toronto Blue Jays uh, before we let you go. Uh, is is everybody? I I, I, I was going to say is everybody happy now? But they were not happy before. So how close to happy are they with Jose Batista kind of filling in a significant empty spot uh, in the batting
2: order?
6: Um, it depends what filters you look at through. Uh, like people people don't know what they want. Listen, this is a this is a rejuvenated baseball fan base, and I'll be honest, there's a large selection. You can't lump everybody in together. There's a large faction of people. They don't know what they're doing. they don't know <laughs> what to want. Um you know, baseball is the toughest sport to be a fan of because it's it's one sixty two right and the and the great teams in baseball lose seventy games. People don't know how to deal with that. What do you mean good teams lose seventy games. Yeah. so uh, again, I think people are still kind of, learning what it really takes to be a baseball fan. And, and if, if you want to measure, if you say, hey, like, you know, we just think it's World Series or bust. Well, you know, you're probably not going to be happy with the offseason. People say, you know, why don't they go for it? Why don't they go for it? Well, that's what they did the last two years. Big trades and big money deals to guys in their 30s. That's not how you build a team. Um, so, I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm fine with what they've done because, you know what, like they didn't trade away any of their youth or their – prospects they got to build that um and at the same time like i think they're going to be okay i think they're underrated are they going to be as good on paper as as last year um, maybe not but you know what um they they got a lot of good pieces i think they're going to be fine and, and in, a, in a from a fan base that for 20 years all they wanted was meaningful september baseball well you're already guaranteed that so i mean now to answer your question people aren't people aren't overly happy they're skeptical but you know they they like to complain and, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize how how difficult it is to win in baseball and you can't build your team through free agency you just can't
1: here's the, here's my take uh, on the current management team i mean mark shapiro and uh, ross atkins came in and i i think that they did not expect that this would be a team that went as far as they did last year and they had to change their mindset they were looking at a rebuild and when you're, start, you're starting to put so many more people in the seats that have been there for a couple of decades, you have no choice but to follow in that line. And so they kind of got caught in, they have to follow this out until it's dead.
6: Well, they, they have to build through youth, there's no doubt about it. It's the only way to win in baseball. It's very true. But, yeah, you can't fully commit to rebuild, and they know that. Hence, Kendry Morales, um, you know, hence... Hence, Jose Bautista, you have to, this, this management group, who I think is a very good management group, can't necessarily afford to just go to, you know, 70 wins and say, hey, we're going to take a step back. Um, they don't have to win a World Series, but they got, they, they got to be decent. they got to be competitive, and I think they will be. They still have one of the best rotations in the American <laughs> League. They still have one of the best young closers in the American League. They have an MVP third baseman. Like they'll be, They will be fine, and I'm, t- I'm telling you, they'll be fine.
3: I got to go back quick here just just to the leaves we hear all the rumors in Montreal all the time during the day. Grant uh, has stuff. to go back to well, the no. Leafs. But but here, I, I, I'm curious, because all season, any rumor, the Leafs' most glaring need is obviously another defenseman, and any rumor yeah. about that uh, to get a top defenseman, it always involves James Van Riemsdyk because of the contract. I agree, eventually the Leafs have to make a decision on him because of it, uh, but am I crazy to think the Leafs are better off keeping him for this run and not risking the chemistry with Bozak, Marner, and JVR? Uh, you know, does three Three scoring balanced lines like that does that outweigh the now need this, for another defenseman? this call from Montreal on the <laughs> Leafs there, Andrew.
6: It, listen, it, it it could. I don't think there's any any wrong answer. Now, listen, if it's me, um, I'm I'm as impressed as anybody of what this team has done. Like they're they're good, they're fun, they're fast, they're they're young, and confidence is everything when they're young. Now, I, I think it's help that I really believe. Um, the Eastern Conference is so top-heavy that there's a lot of teams, the Flyers included. I think there's five really good teams. It's the Rangers, it's the it's the Pens, it's the Jackets, and it's the Capitals. And they're so good that there's this whole schwack of teams, um, you know, 10 of them, that Toronto is just as good at. as. And, and every night, like even tonight, But yeah, it's 1-1 with four minutes to go. Like, is anybody surprised? No, at least you're going to get another point or two. Um, so to answer the JVR thing, I don't want to lose sight of what the long-term plan is. Um, you know, I I think, and it all depends on, on the return. Like, I'm not looking to move JVR to, oh, add another pick. If, if the deal is right and you can add a D-man, yeah, I, I'd trade him tomorrow because I don't think that when this team really gets to where they want to be, which is after next season probably, I really don't think JVR is going to be a part of it. That's just me. If you could add a D-man for him, if I could trade him for, you know, whatever, Cody CeCe or um, a name like and I know it would never happen, but a name like Nathan Bull, you, like, like I would do it in a heartbeat to get a young defenseman but um, I, I don't know what they're thinking.
1: Uh, Andrew Walker pleasure to talk to you, we really enjoyed uh, your interview with uh, Haley Wickenheiser last week, I was looking back on, on the stuff that we've run uh, over the last couple of months, uh, a couple of interviews you did with Andre DeGrasse, uh, the one with Chris Colabello, Max Pacioretty uh, Dominic Moore uh, talking about uh, uh, P.K. Subban and uh great conversation that you had with Stephen Brunn on the athletes that were dropping out of the Olympics. Just saying. Great talk to you.
6: Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was really cool to, to, to talk to Haley. She's, uh, you know, w- w- it's funny. We have never seen, we've never been in a world, in a women's hockey world, really, that did not involve Haley Wickenheiser. That's how, you know, that's how... <laughs> that's how long it's been around. So, so yeah, it was, it was cool to talk to her. She's a legend.
1: Great talking with you. Thank you so much.
6: Anytime, guys.
1: Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, what a day! And this this continues from uh, Adam Hadwin's 59 last weekend, and it has been. How long do you think it's been since we've uh, talked to Marika? Do you have any idea? It's been at least man, it's been a while. I know it's definitely and, been a while. and We haven't gotten together and and built our uh... golf town. That's right. I no. think that's no top, golf. That's top right, golf. top golf. Golf town. I do. We do have a golf town. We don't have <laughs> that's a top right, golf. Exactly right. Hi, Marika.
10: Hi, how are
1: you? I'm doing all right, except it's cold here, and we can't play golf. And every time we hit one of those balls, we lose it in the white stuff. But that's okay.
3: That's okay. How are I know, you? I'm
10: waiting for the invite for the plans to get the Top Golf. Ball oh, reminded Working
3: me. on the budget. We're working on the budget. <laughs> that's right. It's not going too well. Just to give you, that. it's not going too well.
1: But <laughs> yeah, we're up to two digits now. So <laughs> we're, <laughs> awesome. we're working our way there. Uh, what a day! Oh uh, Canada! My goodness. Uh, you know we were we all had our eyes on Adam Hadwin after last weekend and uh, you know following along today it's it's great to l- look on the list and see all those maple flags oh my goodness what a day
10: No kidding I was uh, I was busy doing a whole bunch of uh, video editing most of the day and when I would look up uh, at the leaderboard I had to take a the double-take because you know my coworkers, being the token Canadian in my office anytime I get a chance to brag about a Canadian being on the leaderboard I do and I had four or five opportunities today. it was awesome
1: <laughs> so I mean you never know when someone's about to take off and this is the beginning of something fantastic when a guy shoots 59 he's had a great day look I can go through the summer and and shoot uh, high 70s and I can also have around you know Anyways, whatever. But so here's a guy <laughs> he shoots a 59. So He's had the best day of his life. He's had the best life, the best day of just about anybody's life. But is that the start of something or did you just have a good day? Today was a nice start to the next step.
10: You know, golf is such a fickle game, right? So Adam Hadwin having a 59 last week at the Career Builder was Awesome. And that tournament itself is, is, is a little bit unique, you know, place for horses. Um, and then on the Sunday, they sort of. You know, it's, it's a whole new ball game. So you get a variety of different options to try your game out there. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can stay up near the leaderboard. Obviously he's running off a bit of momentum from last week. Um, and it's a stacked field at Torrey Pines this week. So we'll see if he can hang on, but you have to believe that that feels good going into a week where you shoot a 59 and, and you don't win. Like that's what's crazy about it is that he has such a good, round and then you know didn't win okay but you gotta take that and use that energy going forward so we'll see if he can hang on i hope he can
1: well here's the thing okay if you, you believe in omens you should 59 at a tournament called the career builder i mean i'm just saying <laughs> yeah.
10: Yeah. point taken that's that's a good point that's very good yeah <laughs>
1: um and you know it was great to see uh, brad frisch have himself a good round of course uh, here's a guy that got on tour fell off came back and uh recently uh, reading about um you know first time around just like every professional athlete and even if these guys are a little uh, older sometimes when they make the tour the first time they're in awe i mean you look around and my godness my goodness there's everybody
10: sure yeah and i mean brad fritch bit of a journeyman but today uh he had um he had six birdies so nothing to be ashamed out there you know he he's a name that sort of pops up every once in a while. And he's from Ottawa, big fan. Um, Ottawa, Ottawa residents are big fans of these guys. And, and, you know, he's, he's been around, but you forget, obviously, when you have the big names who, who come out here and perform week after week. And then, oh yeah, it's Brad French. When you're thinking about Canadian golfers, you're thinking about the Grandalettes and the David Hearns. and, And I guess maybe now even the Adam Hadwins and Nick Taylors and, You know, Mackenzie Hughes, there's another great name to add to the list of somebody who was a first-time winner uh, in the fall series. Um, And you forget about people like Brad who have been around for a while, but good showing for him today, shooting a 67. And, again, we'll see if they can uh, play with the so-called big boys the rest of the weekend.
3: Marika, I talked about this with Elliot a little earlier to start the show. It used to be a huge thing for me growing up when any Canadian was on the leaderboard. Forget winning a tournament, uh, you know, but it was only... Ames or Weir, that was the only two guys and if they didn't do anything, you know when, when TSN or SportsCenter would show the, the highlights, right, it would gotta, just I be Woods you, Mickelson. Your,
1: your childhood was better than well, mine because I had the, wow. the Dan Halderson's and the you know and the George Newtson's and guys like that and it, it was, you know, it must have been nice to grow up when
3: Mike Weir was winning well, the, well look, I'll even say this, you know, it was always the Woods minus 8, Mickelson minus 7 and then a Canadian flag with a guy and it was plus 2. Yeah. And that was news. Now, every <laughs> Every few weeks, it seems, or every (laughs) tournament, you know, there's a new Canadian, men or women, it's on both sides, that's making headlines and, you know, making leaderboards. Is this a sign of more to come or or just maybe a good year for Canada? Uh, where, Where do you see that?
10: No, I think so. I think if you look back, I think the the guys that you're seeing now, the younger ones at least, maybe not Brad Fritch in this conversation, but the younger ones probably also watched Mike Weir come up. It's similar to the guys who watched Tiger Woods succeed when they were kids, like Jordan Spieth and Jason Day and Rory McIlroy. Those guys were inspired by Tiger Woods. Um, And so maybe Mike Weir sort of served as that for these guys, and now, you know, Maybe if uh, you can have me on the show in 15 or 20 years and you have these little kids who are now picking up the game, uh, I think you're going to see maybe more tangible results later. Um, but obviously, golf has become a Canadian sport. It's something that Canadians love to do when they can do it over the <laughs> five or six months that they can. And uh, it's really exciting. I think definitely you'll see more kids get involved with these names on the leaderboard week after week. All
1: right. Uh, what happened to Tiger here? Uh, 76, <laughs> uh, he started with a bogey, and then he ran off eight pars, started the back nine with two birdies, and you're going, all right. And there he is. He's one over, one under, and then uh, his day just caved in.
10: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to say I told everyone so on oh. Confidential on Golf.com on Monday, but uh, I did sort of predict that, 17 months is a long way to be away for anybody. You know, Tiger Woods is 41. He still has the shots. We saw a couple of good things uh, on the back nine before those bogeys and double derailed his round. Um, But he's rusty. And in Bahamas, we saw some flashes. But then again, on Sunday rusty so you know he's got some work to do he's playing in a field that he hasn't played in for 17 months with these really really great talented guys a lot of them totally new brand new faces who have been winning in the fall series um and you know what 76 isn't horrible he didn't go out there and shoot 10 over he's down near the bottom of the leaderboard but he's not last but I will say that I'm not surprised. I kind of expected Tiger to have a little bit of rest at the gate. Um, but, you know, he's won on this course. Uh, as we know, a number of times, has eight professional wins there, seven are this tournament specifically, and then six other junior events. So it's not like he doesn't know how to win here. I think he's literally just shaking off the rest.
1: With Marika Washchishin from uh, golf.com, um it's going to be a very difficult interview tomorrow if tiger doesn't make the cut and he has scheduled uh, himself to get the rust off because he's playing four tournaments in five weeks here.
10: Yeah. And he goes to Dubai next week. So that's going to be quite uh, the travel week for him. You know, He's he's going to have some work to do tomorrow. Uh, I'm not ready to sort of sign the scorecard yet and say that he doesn't make the cut, but uh, unfortunately, you know, that back stretch of holes between 12 and 15 really didn't do him any favors. Um, although, you know, Tiger has become a little bit more of a, um, you know, a thoughtful, a um, little bit more optimistic kind of guy with his game recently. He's not the Tiger of, of 17, 18 months ago who was really down on himself. Uh, he says, you know, his famous line is, it's a process. But we haven't heard a negative version of that in a while. You could see he was frustrated today. And so hopefully he gets some rest and comes back uh, guns blazing tomorrow and, and, and gets that that attitude, that positive attitude that he needs to make it to the weekend
1: all right uh, great talking with you are you okay in america because if they don't we'll come and get you grant and i are ready to (laughs) grant and i are ready to come and take you away from trump's america if it's necessary
10: i'm i'm hanging in there but i'll keep your number on (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, thank you marika always a pleasure let's talk soon
10: thanks for having me guys take care
1: there you go marika wash tishan from golf.com we were lucky eh we're lucky to get Marika. Joins us whenever something's... And you know what the really weird thing is here? That she was already booked, right? Before that leaderboard. Yep. So it's not like uh, uh, it's it's not like we saw the Canadians uh, running up the leaderboard today and decided to, hey, look, this is a good time to call Marika and get her on to talk to Canadian golf. I want to talk about uh, Tiger coming back, but look how deep we got today. You know, this is... Uh, it normally... Well, of course, he didn't have a good day, so... but... No, well, but... but if there were no Canadians at the top of the leaderboard, Tiger would have been the first topic of conversation. But look where we are. Man, I hope that uh, we can still talk about this tomorrow night. There's no way that
3: all five of them are going to tank, right? I mean, they're everywhere from two under to six under. Last time it happened, we made it, what, we made it three rounds before he lost? <laughs> we made it far, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. let's say.
1: All right. Anyways, certainly bears watching tomorrow. It should be an interesting day. Uh, to watch golf and see the Canadians. And, hey, what happens? You know, because I know, I don't think this is... Uh, is, this, is this scheduled for television this weekend? Do you know who has this? I mean, regular television, aside from uh, golf.
3: I'm not know, the sure. Golf Channel. I always assume NBC. I always watch it well, on, on that. Last last week wasn't on. It wasn't important enough. That's true, actually. I don't think... Hmm, good question. Good question. I get the Golf Channel, so... Yeah, I understand. So it's the uh, what is it? The Farmers International Open. Is it
1: the International? Are you sure? Farmers so, Insurance. That's Insurance. what it Insurance. is. Insurance. Don't, don't Insurance. Do, come on, you got to, you got to. It's very important that you get this right. Farmers Insurance Open, and then uh, give it a little uh, television here and see what. Uh, let's see what we come up with the TV schedule uh, for the weekend. I don't want to know when it's on in New Zealand. <laughs> what is the uh, TV times PGA Tour? So here we go. Uh, Saturday, it is CBS. So there you go. Comes on at uh, 3 o'clock on CBS. And, of course, uh, throughout the rest of the day, uh, you can watch it on on the Golf Channel. But CBS will have it, so I'm looking forward to it from 3 to 6. Of course, there's no football this Sunday. Well, real football this Sunday. All right. uh, Of course, we have a lengthy uh, NHL fantasy update. And uh, we also wanted, we haven't had an opportunity to check in at all with the Raptors. And things are... You know? Five losses in a row. Right. So, so the question is uh, when it comes to the Raptors, are you calm? Are you concerned? Or are you in a panic mode? And we'll hear from uh, TV broadcaster Leo Routens, who will answer that question. That's coming up before we go into our NHL fantasy update. You're listening to Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot Price and Grant Robinson.
0: You're listening to Sportsnet Tonight with Elliot
1: Price. Uh, Coming up in a moment or two, our National Hockey League Fantasy Update. And there are a ton of games uh, tonight. Uh, First, we want to uh, get you up to date with the Toronto Raptors in a losing streak. What is it, Grant? Five in a row? They lost five in a row now? Five in a row. Okay, so the question is, uh, are you calm, are you concerned, or are you in a state of panic? And we check in with television broadcaster Leo Routens.
2: I'm definitely concerned anybody would be concerned, but uh, I am far from uh, any panic whatsoever. Um, Look, if this team was operating at full strength, uh, hitting on all cylinders, and dropping games, I'd be concerned. Uh, when you think about everything that's happening right now with this team, uh, you know, guys in another lineup, you're trying to get Sollinger back in a mix. Uh, and I think there's just uh, mental and physical fatigue, which is normal. Uh, every team goes through stages of this. I think the Raptors got theirs earlier simply because their season ended much later last year. And, you know, people may not think that's a big deal. But if you haven't done it before, for every guy that was here last year, that was a new experience uh, to have your offseason start a month and a half later. And uh, it catches up with you. And then when you look at DeMar and Kyle playing for Basketball USA, it's, it's all cumulative. Your body, uh, you know, it, it all adds up. And so, I'm not surprised at all, uh, I think when this team uh, just you know has to stay the stay the stay the course uh, get everybody healthy, get everybody up to speed, player like Sollinger, it's gonna take a little time to to get to get his body his conditioning uh, and and his and his rhythm with the team and his own rhythm uh, where it needs to be so um, you know if if you were enjoying a month ago. And talking about how good this team is, uh, there's no reason to panic because it can do everything it did a month ago, uh, and I think it'll be back.
1: Busy, busy, busy. We got the National Hockey League fantasy update as we do every night, so let's do it, shall we? Uh, Canadians were never in this game. From a competition standpoint, they were tied 1-1 going to the third, but it was all carry Price. They were outshot 42-22, and I can't imagine what the scoring chances were. Uh, Andrew Ladd with a couple of goals, and he scored the winner, snapping the tie in the third period, and Josh Bailey eventually on the power play uh, eight minutes later, put it away. Ladd from Letty and DeHaan in the first period. The Canadians tied it up. Uh, Howitzer from Weber, uh, which kind of trickled in. It uh, looked like... Uh, Uh, Radulov was trying to get a stick on it there, and he didn't even get a point on it. That was from Sean Beaulieu. And then the two-third period goals. Ladd from Letty and Tavares, and Bailey from Lee and Tavares. And a 3-1 Islanders win over the Canadians. Carey Price, 39 saves. uh, Just 21 for Grice but they beat Price three times and the
3: Islanders win it 3-1 Philadelphia 2, Toronto 1 Wayne Simmons scores again for the Flyers uh, from Konechny and Lubomov from Streit and Gudis was the second goal, game winner William Nylander, the only goal for Toronto from Kadri and Komarov Curtis McElhinney, not a bad game. Again, 32 saves there. And Michael Nuverth 27 saves in the win for Philadelphia.
1: All right, uh, 2-2 Chicago and Winnipeg. It was Winnipeg with the two first-period goals. Patrick Lyonnais, he's back. Uh, his 22nd of the year on the power play from Ehlers and Little. And then Matthias from Truba. And Chicago came back first. Duncan Keith on the power play, his fourth from Seabrook and Anisimov. And then Nick Schmatz in the second period, unassisted. That's a 2 2 tie with Hellbuck going against Darling. And Hellbuck has stopped 25 shots. Shots are 27
3: 14. Washington 5, New Jersey 2. That's a final. Uh, Kuznetsov, two goals. Uh, got the second with the empty netter. Ovechkin and Andre Burakovsky, who's been hot lately. He's got a goal and an assist again for each of them. Lars Eller scores. Uh, Dmitry Orlov, two assists. Braden Hopi, 27 saves and yet another win. And for New Jersey, Adam Henrik and Nozen uh, with the goals. Zaka, Josephson, and Camilleri with the assists. Corey Schneider, after Kincaid was pulled, made all 18 saves. Problem is, Kincaid led in four before he oh, yeah. came in.
1: All right. Uh, end of the second period, Nashville, two Blue Jackets, one. That was Brandon Saad, his 16th of the year from Felino and Jones. And then Yarnkroc. Uh, it's our favorite player. Well, it's Freddie's favorite player. You said Not it right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Callie, well, because you told me yesterday. His seventh of the year, power play from Wilson and Fisher. And then Zolnerchak from uh, McLeod and Sissons. By the way, P.K. Subban, five shots on goal. Uh, Goaltenders tonight, goalie Bob and uh, goalie Rene. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That was
3: good. L.A. 3, Carolina nothing. That's another final. Gabrick, Lewis, and Kyle Clifford with the goals. Doughty, Kopitar, Setaguchi, McNabb, Pearson, and Martinez with the assists. Peter Budai, 22 save shutout. Look at these ex-Montreal backups going elsewhere and uh, all of a sudden finding a home.
1: When do St. Louis Blues fans start getting concerned? Their team's not going to make the playoffs. Last year, they were odds-on for many to win the Stanley Cup, and here they are, 24-19-5, and they're losing 3-1 to Minnesota tonight. Let's see. Uh, three Minnesota goals in the second period. No, all the goals in the second. Hala! His tenth of the year from Parisi and Pominville. Tarasenko uh, tied it from Schwartz and Latera, but then uh, Graovac from uh, Niedermeyer and Dumba and Mikko Koivu now has 15 on the air on the power play from Grandlin and Niederreiter and Minnesota has a 3-1 lead. Dubnik, 17 saves. Hutton, 26 saves in St. Louis's net. Hutton is their goaltender. That tells you all you need to know about the St. Louis Blues right now.
3: Boston, a much-needed win against Pittsburgh. They win 4-3. Brad Marchand, two goals. Patrice Bergeron, goal and an assist. Uh, Nash, the other goal. Pasternak, two assists. Spooner, Moore, Krug, and Carlo with the system themselves. Rask 19 saves in the shutout for Pittsburgh. Uh, in the win, sorry, not a shutout. For Pittsburgh, Schultz stays hot. Goal and Shoot. assist. He's had a great uh, year. Uh, Hornfitz and Kessel with goals. Kunitz and Crosby with the assists. All right, to Calgary, they expected a much
1: different Flames team tonight. And they have a 2-1 lead at Ottawa. 6:14 to go in the third period. Uh, Fairline unassisted in the second. Monaghan is 16th from Hamilton and Goudreau. And my boy Tommy Wingles... Uh, scores his uh, first as an Ottawa Senator, right? Yep. Yeah. They just uh, that's from uh, Clayson. Goaltenders tonight. What do we got? Elliott and Condon. And uh, pretty much twenty-three, uh, twenty-two. The shots on
3: goal. Buffalo, Dallas tied at two in the second. Kane scored unassisted. Molson uh... scored for Buffalo from Kane and Gianta. Sharp for Dallas uh, from Klimberg and Korpakowski and Jamie Ben on the power play from spezza and Eves. Niemi pulled after two goals on five shots. Right, uh, no score. Vancouver and Arizona. The goaltenders there: Miller and Smith. Is that it? And last game: Tampa Bay, Florida, one-one third period. Only goals came on the same power play. UC shorthanded from Chocek and Yandel. Kucherov answered back on that same power play from Dwayne Kalorin. Vasilevsky, 30 saves. Reimer, 28.
1: Right, speaking of 30, that's how many seconds we have left. Thank you to Arpit Basu uh, for joining us from Los Angeles. Ryan Dixon uh, from the Bruins-Penguins game in Boston. It was a busy night. We talked to uh, DK, Daniel Kalis about the, the National Football League. We went to Toronto and uh, had a talk about the, the Leafs and uh, and uh, the Toronto Blue Jays as well with the host of the Andrew Walker Show, Andrew Walker, and uh, Marika wash Golf. from golf.com. Missed anything? Please check us out on sportsnet.ca. Two, one, good night.